Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Dreamer's Manual podcast. Today, we are deep in spooky season in the United States. It's almost Halloween, and I wanted to talk about eight things to beware of when hiring online contractors. Now, I've been hiring for as long as I can remember before I came into the online space and then certainly at an accelerated level working as an online business manager inside of many clients' businesses and agencies. And I always fully believed that I should be following my instinct and following my gut about people. But what I learned, one of my favorite books in that it was so life-changing for me was The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. And what that book did is in the opening chapter, the opening of that book, it walked through an attack that had happened on someone. And then like it just walked through the story of what happened. And then he was able to go back and break down at different points why this person instinctually felt this way. He was able to say, well, the person did this. The person said that the person in the, you know, in the physical environment did these things. And it was so powerful for me to realize that our intuition and these feelings that we get were tied to sort of logical things. At that time, that wasn't a big conversation. You know, it was it was probably 20 years ago that I read that book. So it was really impactful for me to see that there were logical reasons behind why I was feeling the way I was and that I it just gave me more permission to tune in and lean on those tools. So This episode is some things that were obvious and some things that weren't. It was like when I was feeling something instinctually about a candidate, an interview, being able to put that into words and share them with you is the culmination of that exploration. Now, I'd like to encourage you to also listen to your intuition when you are talking to and hiring people, even if they don't fall into any of these categories with red flags. If you're feeling a strong way, there could be something else there. As a caveat, we want to make sure that we don't have internal biases or judgments that are impacting our point of view about somebody. And if we have those, then, you know, talking it out with someone in this space where we can trust, whether that's a coach or a therapist, but really getting to the root of, I think that people from Alaska are too frozen and too cold to do any type of work. So I would never work with someone from there. That's too much of a generalization and really not what I'm speaking about. These are more situational and just answers to questions and things that I think could end up being an issue in business. And I also, as my second caveat, would like to say that these red or yellow flags can come up on the application. And that doesn't automatically mean in my mind that someone's excluded, but I do make a note to follow up when we have the interview. So it gives them the opportunity to expand on things or answer any questions that we might've had. Now, number one is maybe an obvious one, but sincerely, one of my most favorite questions to ask when hiring is where do you see your business in a year? I always appreciate people's honesty. I think there's a nuance if you're answering this question truthfully, because I do encourage everybody to answer it truthfully, but sometimes people answer very strongly, like, you know, let's say it's for a health coach and they say, I want to work with you and I see my business in a year being exactly the same business that you have. I want to have my own coaching clients. 
I want to dig in and, you know, learn all about this business from you because this is the same business I want to have. It's, it's That's not a good thing. And probably truthfully, they're using you and your business to grow their own business in this area. They're using, you know, a paid opportunity as sort of like an education opportunity. And just based on that, they probably won't be very invested in your business And you might have to be paranoid that they're stealing your work products and workflows and assets and and that sort of thing. I definitely believe in collaboration and not competition, but that doesn't mean that I have to employ and pay my competitors (laughs) and teach them everything that I do. Listen, and if somebody is that way, I think you'll be able to have that gut sense and sort of suss that out pretty quickly. But ideally, someone is going to share a goal that they're looking to find their ideal clients, or they want to bring on this amount of clients to get this, you know, income or revenue. I really appreciate those things. I support everybody. We're obviously not, for the most part, hiring employees in this space. So I'm not discouraging people from having goals, but having their communication that their focus is client centered, at least in their application, I think is important. Now, number two is another easy one. Someone who talks poorly about who they're working with now or in the past. If they're going to say it about them, they're going to say it about you and not even to mention the confidentiality part of the puzzle. Like that to me is an automatic no. I think if you're wanting to explain why something didn't go well, for me, I'm always going to share what I could have done better in the situation, because that's how I am going to learn and grow. If I made a bad choice or what I would consider a bad choice in taking on a certain client, I have to take responsibility that either my systems are broken, my discovery, my application process, I took them for the wrong reasons. I didn't ask the right questions. There has to be something that I have responsibility for and usually multiple things. That's always what I want to communicate. So that's my two cents on that. Number three, someone who already seems stressed out or overwhelmed, if they're really slow to communicate with you. And sometimes I think you know what I mean. It's more nuanced, but they just generally seemed harried or chaotic. I think that's not going to be a good fit for you and your business. There are instances where people have just had situations come up and they've had to do, you know, discovery calls from their car where their kids were inside napping. I'm not talking about those scenarios. I'm just talking about just this general feeling of chaos when you talk to them. The fourth red flag is someone who has errors in their application or in their communication with you. If we're working online, we we have to get used to using tools that will support us like Grammarly that are free and are going to show you spelling and grammar errors. Worst case scenario, old school, they can cut and paste into some sort of a word doc and do a spelling and a grammar check. But these people are going to represent you in your business and some people are going to take spelling and grammar more seriously. You're going to know your own business and your clients. But I do think that it just shows a basic amount of effort to be able to do, check those things before you communicate, especially when you're applying for a job, because that's probably going to be the highest and most care they put into any communication. Now, if the person is not excited about the conversation, the application or the opportunity, I say that's at least a yellow flag. 
you know, on one hand, it's nice when somebody is established and they can pick and choose which clients are going to be the right fit for them in their business. But even then, I still think they should be excited about the opportunity working with you, you in particular, your business, and they should be able to communicate that to you, if not in the application, at least in the interview. Now, people who don't do any research about you or your business, I don't know if it's a red flag, but it's at least one of my giant pet peeves. I have gotten on interview calls with people who have submitted applications and we've set up a call, you know, way in advance of actually talking And they're like, what does this business do again? (laughs) Listen, if you don't know, we're like, you're wasting my time because you could easily look up that company's website or refer back to the application, anything to do a little bit of minor research about the company. I think if there's absolutely no research, they have no interest or excitement about you or your business. Now, this is at least a yellow flag in that people who don't ask any questions during an interview, you can have somebody, especially when you're hiring for a virtual assistant position, depending on the experience you're looking for, they can be very new to this space. And in that case, they don't know what they don't know. I'm not penalizing people across the board for not asking some questions, but I do love it when people get clarity on things when they ask even a basic question like who is the best fit personality wise for this business there are kind of you know a quick google search again will give them a bunch of ideas about even some simple questions to ask but i think it shows a sense of initiative to think of some questions and ask them during the interview and i know that if something's not clear or they have a question they will continue to do that once they're brought on instead of being too nervous or scared to ask those questions which some people waste a lot of time and energy swirling because they think they should know the answers instead of just asking and then sort of related to this because i keep mentioning the google search is people who can't find things on their own I'm again, I'm not saying it's bad to ask questions. I would prefer somebody ask a question, but if you can Google it and you're asking me, I'd prefer you Google it first. You know what I mean? So for example, I have sometimes for certain positions put what I would consider like a a minor research question on an application. Um, I think Allie Bjork who was sort of the queen of the tiny offer on one of her applications for a position, she said, what are one of my kids' names? This wasn't easily accessible information and she wasn't asking you to hire a private investigator, but a simple search of her Instagram, when you clicked through it on one of her like story highlights did share her kids' names on there. But I have done similar things before and asked questions on applications and I've had applicants email me and ask me for the answer. (laughs) Now, maybe you're more of a micromanager and you would prefer this type of uh, working style. I prefer someone who understands that they're running their own business and can work a little bit more independently and is going to take some steps to try to find the answer on their own before messaging me. So whether or not you ask this type of question If people are asking you things that they could find via Google, like what's the name of your podcast? Again, interest, enthusiasm, and Google. (laughs) Now, I feel like this is a caveat for the whole episode. Maybe not all of the red flags, but 
If someone does or doesn't do these things, it doesn't automatically rule them in or out or mean they're a good or bad fit. It's just information. I wanted to share these so you could hopefully give voice to your gut feelings and put some words and some thoughts behind why certain things in your hiring process might be standing out to you and just give you something to think about. I am a strong believer that even if someone passes all of these things with flying colors, if you still have a weird feeling about them, again, it's okay always to listen to that inner voice and it's not going to lead you astray and that there are logical reasons why you're getting a feeling about something. Now, I really hope this is helpful. I would love for you to find the team of your dreams And you know that I always share, but the pre-work that I recommend my clients do, VAP day clients do, and anybody who's hiring is available for free in my workbook, the Dream Team Starter Kit. You can find it at julietraining.com backslash dream team. Or if you just send me a DM on Instagram with either dream team or starter kit, I'll send you the link. Wishing you a lovely harvest season. Talk soon.